In today's episode, we're speaking to Marcelo Jordan. Marcelo is a serial entrepreneur with two decades of building businesses by creating great products and great marketing. His experience spans a wildly electric mix of practical real world, um, real world experience from the US Army to cutthroat world of electronic trading. As an early pioneer in computerized trading, Marseille built one of the earliest high frequency trading systems for S&P 500. So let's speak to this amazing individual who has a wealth of experience. And today, especially, we're going to be speaking to him to find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We've got Marseille Jordan. Welcome, Marseille. Hi, good to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And as you guys have heard from the intro, he's one amazing entrepreneur and someone we can definitely learn from. So obviously we'll have him back for our Wednesday's Money Talkie segment. But today we're going to learn about his journey, how he overcame his life obstacles. And there have been quite a few, I know, I'm sure. And we're going to ask him how he changed his mind to change his um, life, the mindset to change his life, uh, to change his life. So welcome, Marcel. So please tell everybody what is it that you do? Uh, right now, I'm working on. If anybody has seen the movie where Michael Douglas gives the line "Greed is good," mm-hmm. so I'm working on what are called leveraged buyouts. Uh, okay. This actually will play very much into the arc, uh, and also I think where you know a lot of your audience wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're buying up companies, putting them together to build a larger organization. Simply put, it's just a faster way to grow a really big company. Now it's. It's fraught with peril, so it's not mm-hmm. for the it's and not for the squeamish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's definitely the the fastest way to execute for sure. Wow. Okay. So amazing, amazing place thing to do. And it does, as you say, it, it's not for the faint-hearted. It requires uh, some courage or it requires gumption to go. You know, make you know make those, those difficult decisions and stick to them. So you really need gumption there. So. That's all grow well and great, but obviously you you know that didn't happen over the time. You know, let's start with you know how did you start with this? And you, know, you know, what's your journey? How did you get to where you are right now? Well, one of the things that I love about the study of mindset is, first of all, everybody's got one, right? So yeah. we, we've all we're all carried <laughs> around these brains. And what is what has continued to shock me as I've gotten older is mm-hmm. just how little control we have over them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, so we can go from singing praises and, uh, you know, the, the highs of euphoria to literally two minutes later, not even with, with any input, just with what's going on in our minds down in the depths. Like, oh, so seeing myself do these wild gyrations just in my normal life uh, has inspired me to understand how does my brain work mm-hmm. really? Um, right. And how do other people's brains work when they're interacting with mine? I know that sounds really weird to say, but um, that's kind of the way I, I viewed it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, it's actually I, the right way to view it because you can only understand 
others when you understand yourself. Yeah, right. And my my journey really starts uh, back as as a child. You know, mm-hmm. in fact, I say where I am today, unfortunately, is due to some childhood trauma. Growing up, I came from mixed parents, so mm-hmm. my dad's black, uh, mom, you know, little white Jewish lady, mm-hmm. uh, and so as a as a kid, I had much darker skin. Uh, you know, my hair was kind of early up until now because it's mostly gone. Uh, but um, one of my earliest memories in school was a teacher literally looking me in the face and saying, I can't help you. And so I left, uh, you know, went and sat down under a chair and did what kids do, you know, so I was crying and kind of beating my head in frustration. And uh, I could still see her desk. And so I looked over and saw this little girl walk up, ask us a question very similar to mine and receive help. And so right. I immediately saw, okay, wait a minute, there's there's a difference going on. So mm-hmm. I stayed where I was and saw more kids coming up and more kids getting help. And uh, the way I explain is I don't know at that moment why I chose what I would call a more powerful route, right? So as a, I could have chosen that it was, you know, it was me, the way we would describe it now is in victim. Yeah, uh, you know, victim I, could, I could have become a victim, right. Um, but the way a, a kid is going to to say that is it's my fault, right? So yeah. something is wrong with me. And you can take that to the extreme and say, well, something is intrinsically wrong with me and I'm just broken and there's no fixing it, mm-hmm. which by the way, I, I had working in there. I don't want to say I escaped that completely, but instead mm-hmm. what I, what I chose was, um, more active. I'll put it that way. So I, I started trying to figure it out. How do I get the help I need? So if it, it, the way I'll say it as an adult is if she's got a problem with me, how do I go around her? Right. Um, so that those two, those two decisions really defined the way I approached everything. And mm. so from a mindset standpoint, it was critical for me to ferret that out and kind of understand at least a little bit of it because it, it explains some of my actions, which mm-hmm. you know goes right to the, the heart of what I said first, which is sometimes we're at the mercy of what's going on in our yeah. brains, which also, by the way, the, the way I... I'm able to give people grace and and forgiveness is realizing, oh, well, they're going through the same thing. So in the moment, I may be indignant and, you know, as offended as everybody else, but then I've got a habit of, in retrospect, reflecting off of myself and saying, well, wait a minute, if somebody's going through the same thing I am, maybe they've got, you know, the teacher who said, I can't help you and mm-hmm. pointed her finger in their face too. So I'm kind of flashing forward and, and flashing back mm-hmm. because I, I think the key to mindset is in looking back at where and what has formed us, letting that inform us today, mm-hmm. and then giving ourselves grace and forgiveness to say, okay, maybe I can change that, but maybe I can't. So for me, um, I actually pursued uh, I pursued it vigorously. Uh, in fact, at one point I wound up talking uh, to a man named David Gordon. He's actually one of the the people that Tony Robbins trained from and dare I say, stole a lot of stuff from, and I don't mean that in quotes, uh, but so anyway, I worked with David Gordon, phenomenal guy, lives in Arizona. Mm. It just so happened. And he gave me an insight into myself and I'll, I'll clean up the language a little bit. He said, you know, Maceo, sometimes you're just a jerk. Mm. And he, he wasn't being, uh, he wasn't trying to insult me. He was really trying to give me a way out of this loop I was in, which was, continually trying to 
change something in myself. Mm-hmm. Now that's a noble pursuit. Yeah. But I think that one of the first things we've got to say when we're when if we're going to go on this pursuit of of self improvement and mm-hmm. um, investigating our mindset is saying, okay, where are the boundaries of what can be changed and what can't? Uh, almost like the serenity prayer from Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, mm-hmm. give me the strength to realize when I can't change something. I yeah. just totally butchered it. Yeah. But so I took it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But once I did that, it 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 took away a lot of the burden I felt in that journey. I was able to be more myself. Mm-hmm. But what that did is it gave me the ability to then focus on the 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 places where I could gain but a performance. Can, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'll. I'll kind of cap this off and say at the end of of this journey of self-improvement, to me, self-improvement is always about performance. That doesn't necessarily mean winning. It means generally when whenever I want to improve something in my mental state or my mental acuity, it relates to doing something out here in the world. You know, it's not like I want to be better at imagining something or, uh, you know, I want to create more vivid mental movies, although that that can be done. It really is, you know, as a businessman, I want to make more money. I want to be a better leader. Uh, you know, I may have something that comes up, uh, you know, I'm interacting with an employee or someone on my team and I didn't handle it well. So I've got that guilt and shame, you know, even if it's a minor thing, I tend to go to those extremes, you know, so that it's always performance oriented. Mm-hmm. And so by clearing away what I'm not going to make big improvements on, it gave me just more time and focus to work on the stuff that I could. And as a result, mm-hmm. I, I think I was able to improve far faster. Yeah. I mean, this this aspect of self-forgiveness is absolutely crucial. And I talk about it quite a bit that, yes, you are, as, you're, as you said, you're going to be a jerk. You are. You're, you're having this human existence and you're, yeah. you have these high standards, which is great and very honorable. But even you're going to fall short of those high standards every now and again. Otherwise, you wouldn't be human. You'd be a saint. Right. right. Uh, so giving yourself the space and the aspect of forgiveness which, by the way, I mean, I'm glad you said this. We are more willing to do that for others than we are for ourselves. Oh, yes. So if somebody falls short of that, you're like, it's okay. You know, they're having a bad day or they had this or, you know, whatever. But yourself, if especially as a high achiever, you <laughs> keep your high standards and you think, well, I want them to treat me this way. So I shouldn't treat someone badly either. And yes, I agree with that. But every now and again, you are going to fall short of it. And it's okay. And as long as you can make amends as much as possible, apologize or whatever you need to do, but then let it go. Don't beat yep. yourself about it. And I love that. I love that. You have to be able to be a jerk every now and again and say, okay, I was a jerk. I'm sorry. You know? Yep. And yeah, forward. Right. So how, how so, 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 so this is accepting that. So how did that help you move forward in your life and get to where you are? Well, so that I'll say that's more of a late stage thing. Okay. Um, and so another thing that, that I've learned over the years is we've got to be aware of where we are in just developmental stages. Mm. So we know basically young men and women don't get the ability to understand future ramifications until they're 23 to 26. Mm. Uh, There's another developmental break or we'll call it jump, you know, in the like late twenties, early thirties. And, Mm. you know, it's kind of, it's weird how it's around the round number. So, Mm. uh, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, it seems that every 10 years, as humans, we're, we're designed to go through these, these stages where we get new abilities. Yeah. Um, and it really was because of my kids that I, I took on, uh, I took on this description where it, it was uh, about gaining new abilities and being able to control them 
Part of that is because I'm a comic book freak. Uh, although I don't read them much now, but when I was growing up, actually one of my first jobs was working in a comic book store and they paid me in comics. Ah, so, perfect. you know, that's, yeah, that's my proof that I'm, I'm in that category. And so, but that story of the, you know, the X-Men and the mutants and having these latent abilities that all of a sudden just come out and you've got to discover them and you've got to learn how to do something with them, but then also learn how those abilities impact your small circle and then the broader world, yeah. you know, so in that way, uh, you know, one of the things that Stan Lee really gave to me through those comics was this global understanding of, well, hey, wait a minute, I may have abilities that can impact the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so obviously that would be like Professor Xavier, right? So he's the yeah. mind reader, can yeah. literally as a telepath, read everybody's mind on the planet. And so at least in that way, you know, from a young age, I had the understanding that it was possible to impact the world. But I do have to say, um, really, it was Gandhi. When I, so when I saw the movie Gandhi as a, a young person, man, I, I mean, it, it was amazing to see this one person hmm. beat the British. I mean, it's literally <laughs> one dude. Yeah. yeah. So through his leadership and through Without his, violence. Yeah, without violence. Absolutely. Now, that is, that's amazing. And yeah. that, that's something definitely to aspire to. I do have to say, I might, uh, you know, have delusions of grandeur sometimes and think, you know, that that's me. But all that aside, it's more what's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's number one is, you know, we've got to expose ourselves to, you know, stories of possibility. Uh, we've also got to, got, I think, to take on this idea that we're getting new abilities as we grow, as we grow older, mm-hmm. and and take on the, the responsibility like those young mutants did of harnessing them, like literally controlling them so that we can direct them, but then also understanding like with Cyclops, and I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm deciding to go on the comic book motif, but there's- <laughs> I, By the way, I'm a big fan, so it's all good. Okay, <laughs> then, then I'll roll with it. So, you know, Cyclops was one of the X-Men. And yeah. for people who don't know him, he had he had the ability to shoot these powerful beams out of his eyes, but he couldn't control it. Um, yeah. In other words, he couldn't cut it on and off. And so they That's had to he give had him the glove, a device. Glasses, yeah. Right. And so in that way, you know, we may we may need some tools, right? Mm-hmm. So we may need a device. We may need, uh, you know, someone else in our life. So you, if you're an entrepreneur, you may need a business partner. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this all goes, strikes right back to the heart of you have to know yourself. And so those comic books showed us the struggle that was going on inside of these characters. And you could see the ones that were more successful really did know themselves. Mm. Um, you know, like Wolverine, he was my favorite, you know, and, and that's... I think he's everyone's favorite. And especially, well, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, after now, the person who played as well, he is bloody gorgeous. Well, oh yeah, Hugh Jackman, right? <laughs> Which I do have anyway, to say, I can and we, we, can, we can ignore the fact that he's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just hey, kidding. That, that was a penal colony, let's remember. Um, so, you know, so Wolverine understood himself, you know, mm. who he was. He, he yeah. was very much settled in his nature, but he also struggled with it, right? Yeah. So in the, early, in the comics that I read, you know, he really struggled with that berserker side of him, right? So he mm. would go nuts and just start cutting up everything. Mm. Uh, so Kurt Nightcrawler, you know, he really struggled with the fact that, you know, he's got this, you know, this beautiful spirit, this beautiful heart, you know, and literally a demon, a demon's body. Uh, so he had to struggle with this outward appearance where everybody would shun him, uh, but knowing that inwardly he was, you know, very good and trying to deal with that juxtaposition. Like, it's not mm-hmm. enough that I'm a good person on the inside. 
which also with Mystique, you know, in the modern movies, they they really put Mystique as front and center with that, where mm. her natural state was that bluish kind of alien looking yeah, thing. Yeah. And she really struggled with that beauty. And they brought it out with, you know, her and, and Hank. So Hank turned into the gorilla looking guy. And so they, they chose to, to show that struggle when she had her form, but Hank didn't. Right. So he took on that, you know, his we'll call it his evolved form later on. Mm. And so I, what, what am I getting at? What I'm getting at is these stories are very powerful. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've done is to seek out stories, to, to understand how they may resonate, but really more in understanding that artists, especially the, uh, the artists that can go into multi-format, have the ability to elicit stuff inside of us. Mm. So now I'm going to go like really practical. So this is a left turn really quickly. Mm. So how do you, how do you gain, how do you gain skill? You know, how do you actually develop some of this stuff? The easiest way to do it is tell people stories and then understand that the reaction you get when you tell them a story is based on what's going on inside of their head. Mm -hmm. Then understand that uh, it's harder to do on a zoom call like this, but definitely in person we've got, then you develop the awareness of what's going on inside of you. Mm -hmm. So what memories pop up? What, you know, do, do you see something? Do you hear something? Uh, because the amazing thing is you can tell somebody a story, start to hear their response. And we actually have these things called mirror neurons in our brain where you will literally feel an analog of what they're feeling. You know, so if you strike a, a tuning fork and you hold up another one next to it, they'll the resonate. Vibrate, especially, yeah. Yeah. Resonance, especially, yeah. yeah, especially if they're the same key, definitely if they're, mm -hmm. you know, the same note exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, so humans don't have the same note exactly, but we're all in the same key. You know, we're, mm -hmm. none of us are so far out that, that we don't resonate. Mm -hmm. And so understand how, you're, how you feel is going to, to resonate with what they're feeling. Mm. Uh, so one of the reasons why things get so out of control when we're talking about very polarizing issues is we'll tell a story about something and I won't go there, but something that's in the mainstream news, right? Mm. And it's setting everybody off and, oh, here's the story about what happened. Did you hear? And you, you tell somebody mm. a story. And especially if they're on the, on the opposite end, they're going to resonate with the story, but based on their opposite. So yep, they're yep. going to probably object. It's going to be really loud. And then you as the storyteller are going to start feeling things. Some of it is going to be, if you disagree with them, that's natural disagreement. It's going to feel icky, but there's also a nugget of understanding in there where you're going to resonate with them. And so the challenge here in developing this emotional acuity is understanding how much of it is you mm. and separating that from how much of it is them. Mm. And if you want to understand somebody, it's where you, you can put that notion of, okay, I'm offended. I don't agree a little bit to the side and then pick up on what's going on with them because that's truly where the common ground is. Cause what's probably going to run through your mind is, you know, something related to guilt or shame. You know, so if we're feeling negative emotions, it's usually accompanied by, you know, those types of memories and where, where it gets amplified. And this, this is the, this ties in with my physics background where it gets amplified inside of us is we now we set up this resonance in us. We've got our memory vibrating over here. And then we have that person's memory vibrating over here. Mm -hmm. And if both of them are negative and painful, 
then they just, they set up this vibrating wave inside of us where all of a sudden we get overwhelmed with all of it, missing the fact that yes, we disagree. Yes, there's that, that negativity associated with that, but then we're also missing out on this chance over here to relate to that person, not in what they're saying, but with such a foundational thing. It's literally where they come from, what they experienced growing up as a kid, what they experienced. Like I was very overweight when I was in uh, grade school, going into junior high, right when, you know, as a young man, I want to be attractive to the girls. And instead I was being made fun of. And Mm -hmm. even to this very day, if I have a shirt that lifts up over my, like my belly, like when I'm sitting down now, I've got like a little roll of skin and fat. If my shirt lifts over that, what immediately comes to mind is raising my arms up as a kid because we, we were pretty poor and my shirts didn't fit. So it would pop up over my stomach and then everybody would see my stomach and they would make fun of me. Mm. Well, if I'm in a discussion with somebody and I lift lift up and that happens, that memory is going to rush through my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So that is like the business end of not just self-mastery, but emotional IQ, emotional acuity. Mm. And that's where the rubber meets the road in, in us trying to understand how as entrepreneurs we can perform. So mm. if I'm giving somebody feedback, uh, they're on my team and it's like, let's say it's not good feedback and we've got to give them a negative review or tell them, Hey, if you don't straighten this out, you're probably going to need someplace else to work. Mm. That's going to be uncomfortable. So I've already got that uncomfortableness yeah. in me. They're going to be uncomfortable because now they're thinking, oh my gosh, I might need another job and I've given so much. But then there's also going to be that origin story going on in them. And so as a leader, if you develop the skill where you can grab a hold of that and listen to it more than what's going on inside of yourself, you'll be able to take a step back because that will snap you out of yourself, right? Because now you're focused on something else. And then you can tell a story related to what's going on with you. And it's easy as this, like, you know what? Hold on a second. This, this situation really reminds me, like, for, and I just did it. So if you want to rewind the tape, go back to the story I just told about me as a young child. And so as I was talking, that story popped into my mind. And so I, I wanted to use that, not only because I knew this is where I was going, but because that's a, an example of what I'm saying. So for whatever reason, that story resonated with us in this moment. Yeah. And so I don't know if, I don't know, and I'll, I'll kind of use this as a, a jumping off point. So when I told that story, if you can remember when I did tell it, was there anything going on in your mind about like that stage of your life? So late grade school, early, so it'd be maybe 10, 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I completely understand because I did, because I, I am severely dyslexic and I, that wasn't something that was picked up, even though it should have been. And in my, I wasn't able to read a full sentence until I was about 11, 12. And then I went on to, and to but then I became an overachiever and I wanted to become a lawyer in yeah, three jurisdictions and so forth. Of course I would. But um, yeah, yes, I completely resonated with that. And then also I'm a brown girl growing up in the UK now, I don't know how much racism is involved in schools at the moment, but when I was growing up, it was very, you know, it was very obvious. And it wasn't actually said out loud, but it was very obvious in the actions taken by people around me, teachers included. And so, mm. as you said that, um, you know, she explicitly said, I, I can't help you. No one actually said they couldn't help me, but no one did. And I noticed this quite a lot when 
I actually noticed this quite a bit. Actually, this very story is what made me think. It's made me who I am. I became completely self-reliant. My education yep. from a young age was my responsibility. <laughs> nobody yep. else's. And I remember at the age of 14, 15, by then I had I started working at a still level, by the way, that my work was given as examples of the years below, the kind of the kind of level the wow. standards they expected. So that's the kind of overachiever I became. But I noticed that's because of my own efforts. No one else helped me. And yeah, right. but my peer groups, I had an Asian girl, brown girl, and uh, a white Caucasian girl. And they both had the similar grades. They're both really poor students. One was completely ignored and the other was focused on and given extra attention and help. And I noticed this. And I remember thinking, why are you giving all this time to this child and not to this one? I don't need it because I can do the things for myself. But I remember because I did need that help that this this other girl did a few years ago. I just managed to overcompensate and became an overachiever. But then that was my choice. And that's how I, as you said, I, I took a different empowering, empowering um, right. choice. And I said, you know what? No one's going to help me. I'll help myself. So it, it did. So when you, I, this completely makes sense to me because when you're speaking, I was, I had gone back to my uh, myself at that age and I realized how I had made a similar choice at that, around that age, which is 10, well, not 10, but 11, 12, realizing that mm. I didn't know that I, you know, that not being able to read at 11 was not normal. I just right. didn't think it wasn't normal. I just think I couldn't read. That's it. That wasn't a big deal. But right. when I did realize no one's there to help me, I'm going to help myself. I wasn't going to be a victim and I never have been. I've always been the opposite. <laughs> Let me see if yep. I can't work, if I can't find a way through it, I'll work around it, above it, through it, but I'm going to, I'm going right. to get through it. Right. So the, it's the ability to communicate to yourself mm-hmm. is also behind, you know, what I'm talking about. Yes, of course. Because because we're, we're what we're wrestling with in this conversation is, you know, quote unquote, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um and so the, the self-awareness, the, I think, I think self-awareness. That's probably first. better. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, so the, the, the self-awareness is what makes it improvable mm-hmm. because the, if you can't measure something, you simply cannot improve it because you, exactly. you'll, you'll wind up in random, in yeah. random land. And so the, the self-awareness is actually, is the engine that makes all of this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's where, uh, you know, spouses can come in. It's tougher with good friends because uh, a lot of times good friends, they, they don't want to be a, a mirror. Mm. Um, but I also will say, you know, sometimes you need that adversity that comes from having a partner with some skin in the game, right? Because mm. when you, especially when you're talking about a marriage, you know, these are two people that have joined up for life, right? Mm. That's at least the vows. Or intention um, anyway. <laughs> right. And so there's, there's some skin in the game because, because if you take that, if you really do commit to that, mm. then that means... I mean, I don't know what they do in the UK, but over here, it's like they pretty much cover all the bases in sickness and in health for richer or Same poor. It's like, okay, <laughs> so thing. it's like, all right, then if we really take that to heart, then what we have is skin in the game. And so the, the true power in that relationship isn't in, you know, that, that it's somehow forcing us to stay together. It's that you've got somebody that can really make you self-aware because if, if two people really are saying, look, I'm not going anywhere, uh, you know, I'm tied to you for the rest of my life. It's like at some point when the honeymoon's over and everything kind of washes Bouncing, away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, man, it's I'm with you forever and you better fix this stuff because I don't want to live with that. Right. Mm. And so just the rawness of that communication is like this shock. Of, Whoa. I OK. 
So then what you've got to come back on is that vow, right? Mm-hmm. The, the commitment to each other is what says, okay, yes, that was painful. Yes, I know I need to push through it. And now I've got the incentive to do it. So one of the last pieces that I'll touch on is how does all of this get accomplished, right? Are we, are you and I magical beings, right? Did somebody sprinkle pixie dust over us when we were a kid? <laughs> Did the gods come down from, you know, from heaven and like throw their fire on us? No, they, fortunately they did not. Mm. And so the the last piece of this is if if we can gain at least a little bit of self-awareness to know where our weaknesses are, then we can understand like just like Cyclops did, where are our goggles? More often than not, we're going to be the type of hero that's like Cyclops where we need to have a device, some yes. third party thing. We're not like Wolverine who's really self-reliant. He gets injured, he can heal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a there's a great line uh, in the X Men movie where Jean Grey died, and Wolverine tells Cyclops because they were both in love with the same woman. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, man, get over it." And uh, Scott turns to him and says, "Logan, not everybody heals as fast as you do." Mm-hmm. And so, even mentally, so here's yeah. Wolverine. His brain heals. So if he gets an emotional hurt, that heals. If he gets a physical hurt, it's like boom, it's mm-hmm. done. That's not us. We're mm-hmm. like. We're like Cyclops, you know, we not only do we need to put a device on ourselves, when we get hurt, we're going to get depressed, we're going to go off in a corner. Um, But sometimes we do need someone to come in and say, hey, you know, it's time, it's time to move on. The the little bit of self-awareness that I would suggest people cultivate is that first, understand where you need help, not if, but where. Where, yeah, I agree. And pursue it, because ultimately, like when I broke down what helped me, and it sounds like you had a lot of the same, was I went to go get help. I didn't get it. So I said, okay, I'm just going to find that help for myself. You know, so I went and found my goggles. You know, as obviously I've grown older, I've been able to maybe identify it. At least that's the spin I'm putting on. I mean, it, it seems, it resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when, when, we're, when we're casting around and looking for something that's going to help, it's helped me. The, and the more people that I've spoken to, it, it really does boil down to these things that we see in stories. And so the last, the last piece of maybe credibility that I'll put on this is if you look at hero stories, uh, if you look around at the legends that we tell, inevitably you have heroes that need something. I mean, Thor needed his hammer. Mm. Um, now, granted, you know, that was to focus his power, but look, he still needed the hammer. Yeah. You know, Professor Xavier needed Cerebro to, you know, expand out. Cyclops mm-hmm. needed his goggles. I mean, these these things are in stories for a reason. The storytellers are resonating with us. And when they tell somebody a story and the hero has a device, it resonates with people. Because I think at the core level, we understand, look, we're, we're really fragile. Mm-hmm. If we take a minor stumble, we're going to get bruised and break and scraped. If, you know, if somebody just makes a comment about our hair, our eyes, our weight, our clothes, you know, we take that like really personally. Yeah. And so we, we will look at people, you know, take a, a Steve Jobs or a Jeff Bezos, you know, these people at the so-called pinnacle. And we think, oh, there must be something special about them. I, I tell you, dive into their life and you will find the opposite. These are people who usually were very injured as children. Mm-hmm. And like we're talking about today, for whatever reason, they decided to go the path, which was, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out how to get this done. And so just know that all you need to start with is, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to get it done and pursue that. Mm. And that's what will drive this continued improvement cycle 
instead of thinking that there's an endpoint, right? So when we, the second we believe there's an endpoint is when we've lost. Of course, yes, yes. We're just going to go to that point and stop. Mm. And last, I mean, I'm obviously not a young guy. I've got gray in my, you know, on my face. The one thing that I tell my kids now is the second you stop pushing this thing up the hill, it starts moving backwards. Mm. There's no putting a wedge under it to stop it. There's no just taking a break. It's like if you're not actively pushing, like Sisyphus pushing his you know thing continuing up the hill, you go backwards. But that's a good thing. All it 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 just means keep pushing. Yeah. The good news is if we push, it moves forward. Mm. The, now, could it move faster and all that? I mean, that's another discussion. But <laughs> I'm just talking the very basics. Keep pushing. It moves forward. Stop pushing. It doesn't. Don't seek an endpoint. Seek a, a process that will that will incite you to go around and around the circle where you're continually moving forward. All of that put together, and you know you've you've got the you've got a life of continual self development and self improvement. Absolutely, and I love what you said. So now uh, I'm gonna, we have to. Unfortunately, we have to come to a conclusion for this. But I completely resonate with pretty much everything. So I think you, you're talking from a different angle, but you're pretty much saying exactly what I say, which yep. is that the continuous growth. You, the, the the only time when you stop growing or you should stop growing is the point when you leave the physical body and you sort right. of go back into the spiritual world. While you're in this physical body, regardless of your age, 90, 100, 120, 200, for, you know, God knows, we, who knows in the next 100 years or so, whatever the age, the growth should not stop. Right. And when you when you stop growing is the day you die, whether you leave the physical body then or not. And this yep. is this is what I think we both agree on. And I really, really believe that. And I love what you said, becoming self-aware. Mm-hmm. You're saying exactly so I'm saying you're, you're saying exactly so I'm the things that I say, but in a different way. But that's why it resonates mm-hmm. with me because it's the energy is the same. The right. only way for you to continuously grow is to first work out where you are right now, become self-aware of your, your current present self and your limitations, where your weaknesses yes. are and your strengths are, and then work on building your strengths and get help, like Cyclops did with his with the goggles. Yes. I love that example, and I love Exxon, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> get help where you need to, to get those goggles, because like you said, everyone's not like, you know, it's not like a Wolverine. We're not, we don't heal that rapidly. Right. You may do, but you know, you, Marcel and I don't, <laughs> we don't heal as rapidly as he does. And therefore we need that time. So give yourself the space and time to recover from your, uh, you know, for, for mishaps and misjudgments. Yep. And I won't call them failures. I'll call them life experiences because you're, you're supposed to have them. For, in order for you to grow. Well, that's yes. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Maceo. Maceo, tell us, where can we find you on the internet? MaceoJordan.com is the best place. Uh, you, know, you can submit a form, contact me. Um, even in uh, the, the my business endeavors, I prefer to do things for real. You know, I like to have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that comes from my trading background. You know, I traded stocks, options, futures, Forex for a long time. Um, and you know, without skin in the game, it's meaningless. So I would, I would rather work on something with somebody, uh, than give them another PDF to download or something like that. So if you go to that website, it's, it's achingly simple and it's deliberately horribly bad. It's like my nod to Picasso and <laughs> his, <laughs> his beautiful art, I have to admit, uh, but that's definitely the best place to get a hold of me. 
Wonderful. So for those listening uh, or those watching this um, this episode, if you're listening to this on the podcast, the links to Maseo's website and uh, all his social media links that he's given to us will be in the in the show notes. And if you're watching this on the on the um, uh, as a YouTube episode, then remember everything will be in the description down below. Okay, so you'll find them all there. And we have to have Maseo back for another amazing conversation and get him to teach us something deep because he has a wealth, a wealth, a mean, a wealth of um, knowledge that he can impart on all of us and we can all learn to grow uh, and <laughs> especially build our businesses thank you so much Masaya, for being an amazing guest we're looking forward to having you back for those listening thank you so much for being with us on this episode i will be back on another friday feature speaking to some another amazing individual sharing their life story sharing with us how they change their mindset to change their life until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan. Take care and bye for now.